You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Big Sui. Presented by DraftKings. Why are you listening to this show? The podcast that seems very similar to the other Dan Levitard podcast. I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> in fact, the only difference seems to be this imaging. I have been tempted in restaurants just walking past tables to grab somebody's fries that if they're just there. That hasn't happened to you guys? I've done it. And now, here's the marching man to nowhere, fat face, and the habitual liar. Stugat, uh, Jay Billis is uh, coming through here this weekend to do South Beach Sessions. Uh, and nice. Jay, Jay Billis has built an amazing career from law to being a sort of moral, great voice on a sport through culture wars as ESPN and basketball coverage changed. Jay Billis, everyone knows that guy knows his stuff. When this guy's talking about how it is the NCAA has to be upended, He's so thorough, so factual, uh, so on point without a fact out of place that everyone says, yep, you're a good caretaker for the sport. You're a good voice for the sport. We don't have too many of those. Jay Billis goes on television with a strong voice and is wildly credible. And I've now lived long enough for him to say the most asinine thing he's ever said, <laughs> which is that everyone who storms a court needs to be cited and arrested and, and ticketed up. 18,000 citations. He said that would stop it. The very next Jay, day. Jay Billis, listen to me. Jay Billis is the best. Otherwise, Jay Billis is the best. But it doesn't all have to escalate to arrest everyone when a Duke player gets hurt. I mean, Allegedly. Hurt. Allegedly. Nobody right. now. This is the other thing. Oh, Wait, he escaped major injury. <laughs> Heavens. <laughs> We all knew it. Come on. You knew it when you saw it, especially that second angle. He was he was trying to draw contact. I'm just saying, like there he wasn't hurt. He embellished it. And the reaction was oh my God. just so out of hand. And I understand, like, something needs to be done. And here's the thing that needs to be done. If you're a two and a half point favorite, don't storm the court. The wake was favored in that game. You're embarrassing yourselves. And almost as much as Flapowski did. And certainly the coaching staff, and I, I understand uh, emotions run high, and occasionally we're going to have these conversations. I do actually think something should be done about it. I don't think it's arresting people. 
<laughs> because that your would, school was involved. But Jay is right when he says that would stop it, right? No, I'd agree. We, we can't, well, no, <laughs> I'd agree. Well, no, that's no, why. No, that, no, you want to know why? No, 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 no. It wouldn't. No, because no. If it's thirty thousand people, no. What you're gonna? If it's if it's thousands of people, you're gonna have so much armed security there. You know what? You will never see here in South Florida mainly because I don't win big games, is fans storming the field at Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> you know why? Because that's all but guaranteed. We're going to get jacked up by the police down here. This is not some college campus. We can't be doing that stuff. And it's why you'll never see it down here. But I would say in certain sports, especially college basketball, if you beat Duke, regardless if you're the favorite or not, you should storm the court at home. Because <laughs> Duke has been so good for so long, and they are so unlikable, that when you beat Duke, you want to storm the court and celebrate it. There you should do. Be, no, there should be yeah. a protocol. Because, believe it or not, Miami still has this cachet, especially in football, where they haven't done much right. over the last two decades. Sure. And it happens often to them. And I've spoken to players that have been on the field as it's been stormed and fans have punched him in the head. It's not like you get a drill from your head coach. Now, guys, in the event that we lose, keep your composure because there are going to be fans like that's a loser mentality and a coach is not going to prepare someone for it. There should be something in place where you get the best of both worlds, where fans get to have that experience, but you keep players safe. Uh, I don't know if it's some sort of clock that's instituted where security just holds a line for as long as they can. And I know that's asking a lot of security. If it's messaging that goes over the PA, maybe that's something. We, we can certainly do more, and we haven't tried a lot. But part of this is also, you know, Clemson, stop rushing the field when you're a 15.5-point favorite. The solution is like super simple. I believe it happened when Creighton beat UConn. They just had like a clock up there. It's like 30 seconds. You can play a video on the video board of something with the player saying, hey, hold up. Like there's a very simple solution. I will say though, Jay Billis had a great point. I think the woman who hit Caitlin Clark should be in jail. Yeah. Oh, see. <laughs> she kind of sold it too. She's a trendsetter. Shut your mouth. Her influence is undeniable when you see that Duke highlight. I think she's trying to make all she's trying to make the sport safer for everybody. God, she's just amazing. I think Billy had the proper perspective yesterday and the proper response. Don't lose. I mean, don't lose. I mean, but they were a two and a half point dog. Don't lose. The netting around the field hasn't really hurt baseball. Just throwing it out there. No one stormed a baseball field. It's a horrible overreaction. like the disco night. Let's throw a net up around the basketball court. No, we've been storming (laughs) courts and fields forever, and we have two bad incidents, and suddenly Bill Self wants to end it. And it's not even that bad. He generates the contact. It it, it is a bit of a powder keg, though, and you you can understand how in our lifetimes something is going to go wrong, and someone might actually get hurt, and there might actually be a brawl. On on the on the playing surface, like you, we can all see that coming, and yeah. I, I do think that there should be some leadership here in getting out ahead of things. But unfortunately, the governing body may be dead, anyways. Well, let's get to that in just a second. But before we do that, we're all in agreement. Jay Billis, you've been the voice of reason, really, for an impeccable amount of time. Salute to you, Master. Respect. But we can't arrest everybody and start giving drawing up citations. No, citations take a long time. Right. I mean, citations take a long time to write up. They, they really do. do. Yeah. yeah. Eighteen so thousand of them. You bury right. them in paperwork, then you're going back and forth like Samson, yeah. and, <laughs> Samson and Cody. You get me. You give me an answer. Today I'm out of here. <laughs> well, Samson. It, what if you give away pizza outside right after the game? You're like, we're giving away pizza, but you only have five minutes to get it. Let Everyone's going to want to go get that pizza. Let me speak right. directly to the fan here for just. A moment fan basketball fan football fan whoever you are you never look dumber 
than when you're storming a court or a field. Your place is in the stands. That's what your ticket entitles you to. You have no right to storm a court, to celebrate in the stands. Stand up, applaud, high-five your neighbor, chug a beer, stay off the court because that's the players and coaches. It'd be like if after a good meal we stormed the kitchen. Like, no, like they, we're not doing that. Yeah, Celebrate the know, cook. That's I a mean. good idea. But what if you didn't expect it to be a good meal? What if you thought it would Ooh, be a bad meal? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It ends up being one of the most memorable meals you've ever had. Yeah. I mean, Greg's right. It is trespassing. It is. You guys are lame. Storming the court is awesome. I know it's dangerous, so let's just put up the shot clock and bam, I already fixed the problem. But my core memories of college, my favorite moments ever were storming the field what, after Iowa. What's so Iowa great field. about it? Because when Iowa beats Ohio, when Iowa scores 55 points in any game, we have to storm the field. It's yeah. just a rule. Even if you lose. I do feel exactly. like if they put up on the Jumbotron, if they put up on the Jumbotron, storm the court in 30 29, 28. <laughs> you have to store it when the players are on the court. A countdown no, clock. Now I'm getting all, now I'm getting no, all lathered up. No. Now I'm going to storm that love, court with force. People no. love a countdown clock. No. I, th- I just think it's small town privilege. In Miami, it doesn't happen all that much because we think we're going to get shot. I mean, that part. I, shot? I, I, yes. Yeah, the cops. Yes. If you try to storm the field in mass at Hard Rock Stadium, Billy, it's going to go not, badly. It's not polite campus security. I mean, I it's did Miami do it. Miami police. Yeah, Miami, Miami police versus Duke. shoot players I, on football fields all the time. They all got I, arm sleeves, man. I I'm storm, not judging, but. I stormed the court at Miami. When they beat Duke a few Get years shot? Yeah. I was the oldest one out there. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> we, 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 I don't think we stormed the court. I think we casually walked onto the court once uh, we won the ACC last year. Casually? That's yeah, even more Just a casual stroll. Like, uh, yeah. Well, Come we're on. a blue blood. Ge- we're a blue blood. We're expected to do this. How does that look? A, a casual general stroll? Are you, are you yeah. Just a milling about. A mi- a mil- yeah. there wasn't a, there it wasn't a court storming. It was a milling. You guys were loiterers on the court. In fact, Coach L had to be like, come on, guys. It's okay. I'd rather be a trespasser than and a loiterer any day of the week. Well, it's just blue bloods carry themselves a certain way. We act like we've been there before. <laughs> the uh, the technology does exist to electrify the court. Yeah, that's wow. true. Hear me out. Hear him out. I'm not talking about something that would be extremely nothing dangerous. lethal, like a dog yeah. collar, right? Like thing. a dog collar, mm-hmm. like like keep a, the dog in the yard, like a mild yeah. stun gun yeah. feeling. Yeah. You would right. feel a jarring <laughs> sensation in your feet, and you would have to limp off the court because it would be terrifying to you. <laughs> Plus, there would be that sound. Like the when you, players have mosquito runs yet. into one of those. Uh, the players would things. then get electrocuted. A no, no, bit. because the, the, their the, shoes would be programmed to not be. Yeah, electrified. The, the, the players yeah. and the coaches would all know. Right. Clear the court, yeah, and know. then ten seconds after the game ends, mm-hmm. the court is electrified, mm-hmm. and all the fans who have stormed the court are having a terrible, unpleasant situation. <laughs> and guess what? What? Next big win. They don't do that anymore. I like that. Wow. Thank you. Electrocute. No, they, Greg is <laughs> on to something. Just like a lightly. No. Uh, lightly. <laughs> no. Like a raptor paddock. Wait, so, so more than beyond the take where Jay Billis has taken it, no. It can't merely be arrest. Let's go beyond that. Electrocute the no, customer. I'd rather electrocute. I'd rather get zapped. I, I, wait, no, no, I just want to make sure I got this right. At the time of greatest joy, because we have won as a one-point underdog mm-hmm. against the school that has a reputation, we got great joy. The problem with court rushing is going to be solved right now as we rush for our greatest joy into straight electrocution. Yeah. No, not oh, electrocution. Our home fans. Just a shock. Yeah. You're missing the point. Shot. You're misrepresenting this intentionally. Not it's enough just to get yeah. you to go back to the stand. Greg, That's the technology it. exists, I believe, and I yes. know exactly how you do it. It's not you electrify the court because then you're going to zap the players, the referees, yeah. whoever, right? Or even security if they happen to be pushed on the court. What you do is... 
when they come in, you give them one of those like concert bracelets Uh that change lights like at different songs or whatever, but there's a zapping mechanism in it. They have no idea. They're none the wiser. So they go out there during the game, songs play, the lights are changing, everyone's excited. Like, wow, this is such a cool bracelet. I'm not going to take it off. You win the game, you go on, and you have one of those secret little dog electrocution wires around the court. Mm -hmm. They don't even know as soon as they cross that. Just a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Billy's thinking. Mm-hmm. It's I got, humane. I'm a problem solver. What about you get whatever's popular in a certain market? Like, if you were in Iowa, what's like the best fast food or just like a restaurant that would get everyone super excited? Yeah. Free cheeseburgers outside right now for anyone that first. I said that. You did? Yeah. Pizza. Steve yeah, Martin. Pizza. Yeah. Okay, good idea. I don't watch college basketball with sound on. I'm either at the game or it's on like a second or third television. I don't know what Jay Billis's takes on this have been, um, but I imagine I've seen games where this happens that he's on the call of and he's not calling for the arrest of people as it's happening. I saw Dan Patrick have a take on this. A lot of the, this opining that you're seeing on these networks, when they show promos for, you know, Big Monday and the conference championships, they're constantly showing court storming. It's a part of the culture. It is a celebrated part of the culture that is perpetuated by the big television networks. And for them to do an about face is a bit of a bad faith argument. Be part of the solution. And don't just try to arrest people one day to another because your star player decided to fake something. Just zap them. Uh, Lucy, I do want to get into the serious part of this, and we will in a moment in the next segment, because it should be pretty newsworthy that the NCAA has kind of collapsed, fallen to its knees. We should probably talk about this. But before I do so, I just want to tell the audience, May Day, a local Miami band here, now that I have your attention for just a moment, uh, a band that this uh, show supports, they are asking for the help of the community around them because of some things that have uh, gone weird in the real estate economy down here in Miami as we become the least affordable housing market in the United States. Did you check with Samson on this? I did not. No, I'm just trying to help Mayday out, a local band that has supported us at every turn, just put up on uh, the screens here so that people can help Mayday, a local band. Their music is great. And so if you want to help them out because they're a creative band that wants to stay dirty Miami. And if you're just listening, you can just search online, GoFundMe Mayday. It'll come up and they're looking for a new studio. Thank you. Howdy, folks. It's Mike Ryan. And as you know, you're probably a sports fan. You know it's playoff time. And you probably have a team that you want to root on. And maybe you're like me and you're not a season ticket holder. So you miss the first crack at getting tickets. So what do you do? you check the secondary market. Well, let me tell you about my best friend in that secondary market because I've tried them all and no one's as good as GameTime, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seat on your phone before you buy the tickets. All in pricing shows your total cost up front, so there are no surprises. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Telling you folks, this is a personal endorsement from me. I was using GameTime long before they joined us and I'm so happy they're with us so I can preach the good word. Trust me, folks. Game time. That is what you need. Take the guesswork out of buying NBA tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code DAN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DAN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Don Lebertard. That kind of thing. I love that sound. Is that a bassoon? What is that sound? Huh. It's a tuba. Is it a tuba? I believe it's a tuba. Are you sure? Yes. I would be very interested to find out. Really? Let's get a musicologist on. I think it's a bassoon. I love woodwinds. Yeah. Who do we know that's 
Who's I, the music version of Ron McGill that we could have on? I think that, it's a buffoon. To, to hear that sound and to ID it. Stugats. I mean, I heard that, and I think I was the butt of that joke. That was Billy. <laughs> no, no. I'm, uh, prior to that, I'm, I'm, I'm going in chronological buffoon, order. Yeah, here. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Keep up, Dan. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is the Dan Lebatar Show with the Stugats. I believe over the last few years, if you've been paying attention in this space to the business of college football, I believe that Mike Ryan, Lucy, and Jessica, who's not even here today, have uh, reported very strongly and earnestly and correctly and fairly about what the business of the NCAA is becoming as the whole thing like shakes and clatters. It's got Seven eight seven point eight billion dollars in TV revenue. ESPN is going to be able to rent out these games. They're going to be using these bodies on the sport that we love, and there's going to be moral conundrums everywhere. And the prices are skyrocketing because everybody knows how much money's involved. Mike and Lucy and Jessica have stood out in their reporting about the commerce of this, showing you the insides of what the business looks like in ways that are funny, creative, illuminating. And honestly reported, expertly reported. So correct me if I'm wrong. Are you guys willing to break the story or someone else breaking it that the NCAA is now dead? Well, this happened several days ago. So the story has very much already been broken. But we're doing our best to get to it in a moderately timely manner. So the NCAA is dead. You've heard it here. Not first or second. <laughs> Or third, but like hundreds okay, down but the Okay, but I'd list. like to have the original reporting on this that confirms it, it's not an insignificant thing that's happened over the last couple of weeks. No, so basically what happened, and this was Friday of last week, was the NCAA lost a lawsuit against the state of Virginia and Tennessee. This one happened specifically in Tennessee. That pretty much opens up the floodgates with NIL, saying that the NCAA is not able to restrict any sort of NIL payments from boosters or collectives or whatever that could be. So it's pretty much a free market. And the NCAA really has only been around to say you can't pay players and you can't transfer and we're going to make everything crazy difficult for everyone. So this pretty much feels like what's the final blow to the NCAA. They don't really do anything anymore. They hired a, a former governor um, to, I guess, make... Um make inroads with uh, politicians to see if Congress can actually get involved here. Not a great time to get Congress to do anything at the moment. So this is happening at a pretty tumultuous time in our country where you have a politician in place basically to have the government do what they can't. The ruling really isn't as big a deal as they make it out to be. They essentially ruled that you can now use NIL to attract players. Wow, no one's done that before. I'm speaking for everybody else. At the University of Miami, you agree to come here and then we talk NIL. We're the outlier, pretty much. But uh, it doesn't really mean much other than solidify that um, we are now acknowledged to be in the Wild West. But I am not in favor of this ruling. I may surprise you with that. I think we need to have a governing body in place because what's going to happen is football will get more and more crazy and more money will be spent. And we're going to ignore, as we have with this, because I haven't seen the think pieces on this really, the non-revenue sports may die or be suspended until we have a solution. And say all you want about the NCAA, but they are necessary when it comes to non-revenue sports. Who's going to be organizing softball, baseball, track and field? I, I, I really think that we, we are fast approaching a, a, a part in, in college athletics 
we're we're not going to have non-revenue sports until we figure this out. Well, this happened quick, right? Because I thought we saw, look, man, when we talked all about this business terrain, please tell me if I have any part of this wrong. They were always warning us if basketball and football are going to be that more more valuable than everything else, they will have no responsibility to keep everything else alive. And of course, at the time of greatest greed, all of the top is going to go where the money goes. And yes, you're going to get a whole lot of athletics are going to get undercut by the business of this. They warned us this was coming in 20 years. It's gotten here like right now, correct? Do I have anything wrong no, there? No, it's, it's happening too fast and it's happening so fast that there isn't a replacement in place what is the alternative to the ncaa when it comes to these other sports football is great i give a lot to football but i give a lot to a lot of athletics and football only takes up really on my calendar 20 percent of my time most of the sports that i attend with my family are non-revenue sports and i'm really afraid that they're just going to fall by the wayside here as we prioritize the revenue You've already seen non-revenue sports get cut. When COVID hit, that was a lot of the first things to go from these athletic departments, cutting swimming, cutting tennis. And so Mike Ryan makes an amazing point where the way I think this should be done is there should be a separate governing body for college football because that's a completely different animal than college wrestling, than college softball. Probably the CFP. Yeah, but they can't do anything. They don't know what's going on, and they're ruining that too. So maybe they shouldn't be in charge. Someone not the CFP should be in charge of college football. We're in a scary time where you're going to... To see these non-revenue sports dip there's also the question with this nil money coming directly where does title nine factor into this yeah, i would do that by the way i would be the the college football commissioner wow i, right. I believe I'm suited. and the executive producer of this show this great. Yeah, right. suited. i'm doing both at the same time right. you're right about it. i'm glad you mentioned title nine because title nine ranks above the ncaa because it's a national law. And if not for Title IX, there would be no such thing as women's rowing at the University of Miami and men's golf and golf and women's tennis. I mean, almost every woman's sport below basketball would not exist. At the University of Miami, there are people that are really trying to push for a softball program, and you can't be pushing for it at a worse time right now with all this uncertainty. Okay, but right? it, forgive me, Mike, because you have been a bit of a protector. Like, you've been shouting without si seeming hysterical on, you can't just let n all the governance walls collapse yeah. because then then it's going to become such free commerce that, that it's going to ruin the sport very quickly. I, I guess my Miami... Um, relationship is held against me. I do think that there should be some order. I don't like that it's arbitrary depending on which state that you're operating in. And I don't necessarily want the government involved. I just want adults in the room. And right now we have a rudderless ship and now it's all out in the open. And it's not sexy when you're, you're fantasy booking the, the, a 14-team college football playoff and you're hyping up EA's next big release. They're not going to be releasing track and field, EA's track and field. And these are really essential programs that benefit the student athletes, that give people access to college that in some cases may otherwise not have it. And it's... It's being forgotten here as everyone just grave dances. There's a pretty easy solution to some of this, and it would be pay college football coaches less. But that will never, ever in a million years happen. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought it up. My bad, my bad, my bad. No, no, no. <laughs> the injustice of the, the entity that's making all the revenue not really paying for the labor. I mean, they do in some institutional things. They, pro they provide these games and they organize them. But really... The, the people funding NIL, they're not the schools for the most part. There's some states here and there. But the, the grave injustice that we all rebelled about, uh, against is still there. I know who to put in charge. They're right there.
The son of nepotism. There it is. Put him in charge. Oh, my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Don Lebatard. So here's the chant. Are you ready? I'm speaking to the rest of the country. You say who? We say hoot. Stugats. You say who? We say hoot. You say who? Come on, Ron. We say hoot. This is the Dan Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Stugats, I don't know if the audience is going to take this bit of information and assume that all of the money that has been pouring into uh, the Ron McGill endowment because people just sort of trust he's going to trade he's going to take great care of taking care of the animals and try to remove all the paperwork and everything else so you either trust him to be decent and have decent people running his things or he's going to get a new car and a Cadillac as he has better clothes mm-hmm. and now soon he and I are running off to Africa again uh, I want to get to Africa uh, where it is that I got engaged to my wife and now I'm going to have a personal safari tour with him and I'm assuming it's all mm-hmm. paid for by the endowment by the listeners. Or the merch store. Or the merch store. Yes. I don't know who's paying for all of this, mm-hmm. but I am very pleased to announce that I'm going to have a personal tour guide in Africa with Ron McGill. Uh, how great is that going to be? It's going to be uh, It's going to be epic. That word is sometimes overused, but this is truly going to be epic. Everything from Victoria Falls, Kruger National Park, the leopards, lions, elephants, I mean, rhinos, buffalo. It's going to be amazing. Not to mention private chefs. Tents that make a five-star hotel in New York look like a, you know, bunkhouse. Um, it's going to be like nothing you've ever experienced in your life. I pulled out the best of the best. We're staying in Derek and Beverly Gilbert's private suite in Botswana, which is like unbelievable. This is going to be like nothing you've ever seen. Wow. What, what's the dynamic of this trip? Like, is you're, So you're going to show Dan around Africa. Is Ron you, working? Yeah. Are you, is, is he Dan, paying you? Is he paying for right. your expenses? Mm. Is he paying you to do this? What's the dynamic? No, 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 no. No, he's not paying for me to do this. Oh. This is, a, this is a, a pleasure and a privilege for me, not as much for him as it is for his beautiful wife. There's no way a tent is nicer than a hotel room. <laughs> um, okay. Wait until I send you the pictures, Billy G. Billy, Billy G, huh? Cam Newton status. I mean, a, a <laughs> yurt. Are you staying in a yurt? Because I have stayed in a yurt that's nicer than a hotel room. I have. I've done that. Well, trust me. When I, I want to just send you guys. When we get back, we'll send you pictures, and uh, it'll be fodder for social media forever. Hmm. Is Dan building the tent? 
to uh, to be clear, none of the endowment money is actually going to any of what it is. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, right. That. But the merch store money is. Uh, no, none of the money. All, all of the money is being kept in all the right places. You either believe that Ron McGill is an honorable man or you do not. Or you believe that he is paying for trips around the world so that uh, with the with listener funds. I don't believe he would do that. That would be a terrible fraud at the end of his great and distinguished career. So I'm going to trust him with this one. When's this happening? Just to make sure we have the PTO on the calendar, because that seemed to be an issue last week. Well, I don't. I don't usually tell dates because that tells you when you're going to be out of town and people watching and say, "Hey, that's security a good time breach." Because he's been in Miami all his life. Ron McGill will tell you the same thing. Michael tell you we won't storm a court here because the police will break our legs, and that's understood. They'll shoot you, is that's, what Mike I, said. No, but I mean it's understood from a young age. No. They're, they're, they're way ahead of the times on security measures. We will not rush a field because why? We'll end up in the hospital for 10 days. I aspire to have a compound like Ron where he's afraid to say when he's out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, in all fairness, uh, the people of Africa have asked that I do not disclose when Dan is going to be there because what? we know how, you know. Too many hippos in one spot. Of, of the, of, of the, you know, the crew are, and they, they could get out there and, you know, try to. Try to get it, Dan. I mean, a continent to asked him not to disclose. <laughs> no where one Dan asked was you about poachers. A continent. They, yeah. they did. They, they told me, "Listen, we don't want to make it known <laughs> here because it's an airbrush you, know, you wear a cap on some rich poachers' wall." Just saying. Just saying. The guy draws a crowd, and we don't want crowds. We want peace and tranquility out there in Africa. Going at the hippos, you know. <laughs> you guys, He's going to see lots of Dan Levitards out there, that's for sure. You guys have my... <laughs> I want to meet this poacher. He's got a Mike Francesa Diet Coke on his wall. <laughs> you and Valerie got room in the tent for me because I've never been to Africa, and I would really like to join you on that trip. Tell me, tell off, you, tell tent, me off air when it starts. Their tent that they're staying in has room for the entire crew, and you guys wouldn't even have to see each other. Thank oh wow! You, wow! Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, you Dan. Dan. I believe Thank I believe the suite, Dan. the tent suite, is three thousand square feet. Wow! Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? That's crazy. The word <laughs> yep. is a tent. You still call it a tent? There has to be a <laughs> yep, different. Because the only thing tent about it is canvas walls. We're talking about hardwood floors, incredible, you know, Roman tubs, jacuzzis. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh my Ooh. gosh. Uh, Ron, I had sent uh, to the people who work over here because I saw it the other day and I couldn't believe the size of an anaconda that I'm assuming was uh, real. I think it was the biggest that has ever been seen uh, anywhere. And I'm assuming uh, in the age of artificial intelligence that you can you you're able to verify things that are real and are not real. And when you saw this video I speak of, were you uh, were you somewhat? I've not seen the video. What I'm looking at right now is a is a red faced yukari. That's not an anaconda. It's a red faced yukari, kind of like when Stugatz gets really mad. Yep. Uh, Chris, Chris Cody, why are you making faces at me? Oh no, I'm making faces at the video team because they're doing the thing where it's a side by side, and before it was Benjamin Franklin and Larry David, and now it's monkey. For, that's for, oh, that what it is. Oh, we're still okay. So we're still making the joke. When when you were onboarded by Chris Cody, did he say anything about how you look? Because it's visually startling to everyone every time you make. I an saw appearance. him smirking. I did look at him and go, what the heck, did you lose a bet? I thought he was George Washington, but I guess he's Larry David. Uh, my, large, my, my larger point, though, Ron, is just uh, the, the idea of a, a, an anaconda that is the size of three or four Shaquille O'Neal's stacked on top of each other. Um, how is that a thing that can be real? Uh, that, that can be real. I will say... Uh, an anaconda is the largest snake in the world. It's not the longest. The longest snake in the world, the world record, is 33 feet, 
three inches, a, a reticulated python. Um, I'm looking at the video now. It looks it looks pretty real. Um, but again, with all this artificial intelligence, I don't know what to believe anymore. I saw a video the other day of a great white shark on a beach that looks so real to me. And then they told me, no, it's artificial intelligence. So um, there is a, an outstanding award of over $100,000 for any snake 30 feet or longer that can be found today. So, I mean, that's a $100,000 snake there if they're saying it's 30 feet long. But why? Uh, why is that a reward? Because nobody believes that it exists anymore. And they they actually created this reward from a legitimate source that if you can produce a 30-foot snake, you will be paid $100,000. Who do you turn that into? Like a dead snake? You just have a snake carcass and you take it somewhere? Uh, theoretically, yeah, as long as you can legitimately prove that it was that long. I'm hoping they would not kill it. But, um, you know, people do a lot of things for $100,000. I don't think the $100,000 is uh, based on a live snake. It just has to be based on a real snake. Wow. Ron, uh, can you explain to us what that eats? What's something like that? How long sure. that would uh, take for a snake to get that large? What is that the anaconda? That anaconda is an ambush predator, and it's going to feed primarily, probably on capybaras, which are the largest, world's largest rodent. Uh, fairly common throughout the Amazon, Amazon basin. They are an aquatic type of rodent, so they swim quite a bit. Uh, like I said, a large rodent that would be a very good meal. They will also feed on deer. Uh, various type of deer that come to drink in the water. Again, they just will place themselves on the bank of the water, generally speaking, waiting for something to come and get a drink, and they'll get it that way. Or they'll slowly track it down. You know, animals take common paths. They create paths. Even though they're in the wild, they'll take the same path almost every day as part of their routine. And snakes can smell that, and they'll wait there, and they'll kind of camouflage themselves along that path until the animal unknowingly walks by and then... Wraps his coils around him, suffocates him, swallows him whole. The uh, great white shark that you saw that washed up ashore was not artificial intelligence. That was a real thing. A 15-foot pregnant great white shark washed oh, up. That was on another one. But, there, but there's another one. There's another one. Okay. I saw that one. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a, yes, a bunch of local news outlets. There was a fishing hook found in the, the mouth of a great white shark. They're not. They're still doing studies to find out as to why this, this pregnant great white shark washed up ashore. We are getting more and more great white shark sightings we are seeing humpback whales off the coast of florida as well there have been killer whales spotted down here uh, not that the occasional great white shark sighting hasn't been uh, an occasional thing down here but they're becoming more and more routine what is happening in our coastal waters that is getting all this new marine life well you know hopefully it's good news hopefully the populations are increasing and hopefully there's just there's more out there um, but it also can have something to do with climate change. You know, as temperatures are changing in the waters, populations of fish are shifting, and the prey that feeds on those fish is also shifting. So, you know, you might just be seeing a shift in populations where you might not see as many in places they were previously seen and seeing more, and now these, right. are, you know... That's what I want to ask you about, because these are generally marine life that are spotted in colder water temperatures. And, exactly. and, and when you say climate change, well, why the heck would they want to come down here when the ocean water sometimes is that of a sauna? But this could all be migratory and predatory? Exactly. Migratory and predatory. And again, Mike, I think animals have the ability to adapt to things. You know, maybe these animals that, you know, for generations have been restricted to colder water climates all of a sudden now it's starting to say, well, you know what, we get, we're getting warmer and warmer. We're going to start getting ourselves introduced to this warmer, warmer climate. And as each successive generation comes along, we might be seeing animals like the polar bears. I think, you know, within several generations, you're going to start seeing polar bears come inland and start hunting inland and start competing with grizzly bears because getting out on the ice is no longer an option for them. Uh, I don't think they're going to go, quote unquote, extinct. But what they're going to do is they're probably going to come in. 
Uh, I believe there's already been documented cases of them hybridizing with grizzly bears. Um, and, you know, you're going to come up uh, with the adaptation of basically another species of bear that comes from the polar bear. Not the true polar bear we know today, but not not a polar bear either. What a horror that is you're describing. You're describing a future where there are bear wars right before they come for the humans, where the, the polar bears and the grizzly bears are going to <laughs> fight over land and they're going to look at humans and they're like, that those are going to be delicious too. That's the apocalypse you're describing in our future. There you go. New movie, Planet of the Bears. <laughs> Ron, I was driving home and I stopped at the Fort Pierce Service Plaza and for whatever reason they had like animal facts printed along the ceiling and one of them was scientists estimate that 91% of ocean species have yet to be classified. That's just made up, right? <laughs> I've said this many times, Billy. We know less about the ocean than we know about the moon. But that number is just, they just said, let's pick a big number, right? There's no hey, way that no. you could know that you don't know 91% of something. I think it's it's uh, fair to say that they can extrapolate that just from where the places that they haven't been able to discover, the places they haven't have access to, you know, looking at things, you know, uh, coral reefs have they're like the, the rainforest of the water. I mean, there's so much diversity, so much that we haven't discovered yet. Even in the coral reefs we get to, there's stuff we haven't discovered yet. In a rainforest, listen, in a rainforest, we get 50 percent of all of our pharmaceuticals from rainforest plants. Yet we've only thoroughly, uh, um, you know, examined 10% of the plants in our rainforest. So there's 90% of the plants that we haven't examined yet where we got 50% from, from 10%. What's in that other 90%? Same thing with the ocean, man. A lot of numbers. Less. <laughs> uh, made up. <laughs> A lot of numbers. That's it. Scott that, Steiner, you know, You know what? Billy and Chris Cody got it exactly right. Yeah, numbers, numbers, numbers. Shut up, zoo man. Greg Cody, yeah. has, Greg Cody has a question. Well, yeah. no, I have a question first. Sorry to cut you off. Did you hear, Ron, about Charlotte the Stingray in North Carolina who hasn't had a mate in eight years and is now impregnated and no one knows how, if it was one of the sharks that's in the tank or not? Not that no one knows how, and it's not one of the sharks in the tank. It's something called parthenogenesis. It's uh, not uncommon in fish and some reptiles where they're actually able to fertilize their own eggs without having a mate. Wow. Like Jesus. Uh, How about that? So that happens. There's, uh, listen, there are other animals that have what's called sperm storage. For instance, the common box turtle can store sperm for up to seven years. In other words, breed in 2010 and have babies from that one breeding for every year up to 2017 by storing the sperm. So, that, I mean... Wildlife is incredible when you think about this stuff. And what it does is it, 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 it removes the necessity for these animals to meet every time. So when populations get thin or they spread out, you still are able to keep the numbers up because you don't have to meet the guy to get impregnated. You can keep producing young. Ron, New York City is uh, mourning the death of celebrity Owl Flacco. Um, was oh, God, I didn't hear that. He died? Yeah, he died. And oh. he, he ran into uh, a, a building, and oh. now they're investigating whether oh, he wait, was wait, wait, flew into a building. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He flew on, into a building, suggesting right. foul play. Oh. I'll go. Yeah, I meant he flew into <laughs> a building. Bye, Billy. Fly out of here. I enjoyed it. Fly out of here. That's awful, especially <laughs> since, I mean, it's, no, this, there, look. What? Yep. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes for a good joke. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, died. I'm, really, it, look, yeah, I'm sorry. No. I didn't mean to break it to you. I, oh, you I'm know sorry, everything. I'm sorry. You know. You're the animal expert. I mean, all right. Th animal. This is why I'm mortified about just what happened right now. Okay. Foul owl on the prowl. Oh, there it is. Nice. I saw that one coming. <laughs> Great Cody. <laughs> I got anything. Lewis feeling 
the hot hand. I Stop feel, talking, Lewis. I do feel bad that uh, that I broke that terrible news to Ron. I, no, I, but this is why that rings in. I'll tell you why you, this rings you know. insincere. All of this was very poorly handled for a number of reasons. First, I believe Ron McGill to be the for- foremost national voice there is right now. There aren't very many of these over time. Speaking to two cultures about the protection and care of the animals and that you guys would break this news to him, which has been in the news. I'm sorry that it was delivered that way, Ron, because it's been in the news. And I just assume that this news had received that you'd received it because yeah. uh, the people in New York are hurt by what's happened here, that this owl has that this owl has died. Understandably so. And, I, you know, in all fairness, I haven't been watching the news the last couple of days. I've kind of been swamped in work. I get home and I just fall asleep. Why is this owl so famous? Well, he escaped or was released from the Bronx Zoo, Central Park Zoo. Uh, it's a Eurasian eagle owl. It's one of the largest owls in the world. And, you know, this happened over a year ago, I believe. Yeah. And, you know, people were worried about him that he was going to die. Oh, my God. And all he did is found out how to eat rats and squirrels and live off of the uh, the abundancy of these vermin in New York City. So he became somewhat of a folk hero and was doing very, very well. Um, the big fear was that something would happen. Someone would shoot him, someone would hurt him, he'd be hit by a vehicle or a car, or God forbid now he's crashed into a window, I guess. I don't. I have to look into this, but now I'm, I'm, severe, I'm really bummed. I'm very depressed. I'm sorry this. that we delivered this news that way to you because you guys kind of trampled on <laughs> him is, on that part. Is an owl flying into a building like if a human dies with the train tracks? It's like, what? it had to be their fault. Oh, come on. Like I'm saying, I feel like the other birds are looking Some around. Some birds can't see the windows. Chris, 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 let, me, let me educate yeah. you on something. Come on. I try to tell people all the time, when you have big sliding doors or windows in your home, yep. Please use these little stickers or little markers so that birds can see them. Because what birds see is a reflection of what's behind them. And you see, that, that hurts. That hurts. I but say. Bottom line is, birds will fly because they, they see the reflection. And they hit that. They don't realize it's not, you know, the forest behind them or the sky behind them. And they hit that. You know how many millions of birds die every year from hitting windows? Billy doesn't care about the animals. It's been made False clear by, by his It's chance. what Flacco would have wanted. All right, get out of here. I say who? Get out of here. You say <laughs> who? They say who. I, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm sad, guys. I'm sad, and I'm, I feel badly for Flacco. I feel badly for you guys making light of this. Um, making light. So, you know, I hope you sleep well at night. Wow. It's wrong. Ron's on the right side of this. These are assholes, Ron. I'm on your side. I'm on I'm a hundred percent on your side, Ron. They deliver that news to you and then are total assholes about it. Well, Ron cares so much that he didn't know the news. Yeah, I, mean, I know, you but figure he have an alert. No, but we deliver the news to him and it's delivered that way. It's brutal. Brutal. Check in on your friends, everyone. And by the way, you're not listen, the tent you're talking about, it's got mahogany antiques in it. It's not a real tent. Do it in a real tent. What you guys just did, wretched, wretched what you just did to Ron McGill. In fairness, the death was four days ago. I spent three days in mourning, and now I'm celebrating the life of Flacco with a little bit of humor. It's the J.J. Watts of tents. I mean, seriously, minimalistic. Get out of here. You guys are acting like you're going out in the wild. You're staying in a Ritz. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.